0: Getting a voice. a voice
1: a voice. A voice. A voice. Voices. Voices.
0: Voices. Giving a voice to young scientists.
2: Each new generation of GYA members observes that reaching out across disciplines and societies requires capabilities and practical knowledge that are often not a part of typical academic training. To support the development of future science leaders within the GYA, the Science Leadership Program, or SLP for short, was developed and has since had a ripple effect around the world, both within and beyond the GYA. The first SLP began in 2015, when former GYA co-chair Bernard Slippers worked with the University of Pretoria in South Africa and the Robert Bosch Foundation. The result was the Africa Science Leadership Program, which fosters collaborative leadership capabilities and builds a regional network of emerging future science leaders. The ASLP, as it is known, continues to offer training and mentoring structures on the African continent. Since its beginning, the ASLP has reached over 200 early career researchers, trained many new facilitators, and supported regional satellite programs in Africa and in other world regions. Inspired by the ASLP, another former co-chair, whose name I'm about to mangle, Orokonoka Fanraksa, or O for short, which I am going to stick with from now on, launched an independent science leadership program in the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, or ASEAN, in 2017, with the support of the National Science and Technology Development Agency Thailand, or the NSTDA. Now known as the ASEAN SLP, this program has similar aims to the ASLP, but was adapted to meet regional needs and interests. The success of these regional SLPs inspired newer GYA cohort members. For example, former co-chair Tolu Oni, who in 2017 saw an opportunity for the GYA to provide science leadership training on a global level. To reach a larger audience of early career researchers, even beyond its membership, the GYA began offering one to two day workshops that could easily be connected to large international conferences. Since 2017, the GYA has organized or co-organized with partners over 10 science leadership workshops reaching over 300 early career researchers. And now, the Science Leadership Latin America and the Caribbean, or the LAC-SOP, program has taken shape. The LAC-SOP is a pilot initiative addressing the unique challenges faced by young researchers in the region. The LAC-SOP is an immersive 9-month program designed specifically for the region by Latin American scientists. Crafted in Spanish, the program enables participants to reflect on and analyze the existing challenges faced by young researchers in the region. The primary objective of the LAC SLP is to devise concrete steps and policy briefs aimed at tackling these obstacles head-on, while also aiming to build a collaborative network of LAC science leaders who share best practices and advocate for science as a group. The SOP is made up of a series of online sessions featuring forums, workshops on policy briefs, science communication, and insights from science advocates across Latin America. Complementing these virtual interactions, an in-person workshop was held in the city of Leticia, Colombia, which further enriched the program's impact. With over 260 applications pouring in from diverse countries in Latin America and the Caribbean, The program carefully selected 20 outstanding fellows representing 10 countries and a wide range of fields including the health sciences biology social sciences chemistry physics engineering and so on one outcome of the program is a forthcoming report for the global young academy about the participation of the first cohort of the scientific leadership program latin america and the caribbean in the Sustainable Research and Innovation Congress 2023, which was held in Panama. During this Congress, a representative group of the first cohort of the LAC SLP presented their work in the format of their preliminary policy briefs. What follows is a discussion that this group recorded recently. It begins with the brief introductions of some of the ERCs involved in the program followed by a roundtable discussion on one of the policy briefs that make up the Letitia Declaration. After this, the group engages in a broader discussion on the proposal of articulated science to accelerate sustainable development in Latin America and the Caribbean. I'm your host, Jim Curtis, and I do hope you enjoy this episode of Voices of Young Scientists, the podcast of the Global Young Academy. GYA member Paulina Carmona Mora will take it from here.
3: So the Science Leadership uh, for Latin America and the Caribbean program, it it started as an eight-month program. We developed this program in Spanish, uh, and and we have several uh, online sessions where we reflected and, and we learned from different partners from Latin America, their experiences advocating for science in the continent, in the region. Uh, and, and we also met in person, in an in-person leadership workshop in the city of Leticia, Colombia, in the middle of the Amazon rainforest. So it was a very significant place uh, that made all the magic happen, as you will hear in the rest of these stories. Um, so we have fellows from 10 countries, uh, Peru, Chile, Mexico, Ecuador, Brazil, Panama, Guatemala, Paraguay, Argentina, and Colombia. And the fellows that work in this uh, leadership program, um, they come from all the different disciplines that you can imagine, from health sciences, biology, social sciences, chemistry, physics, education, engineering, biotech. So this is a very uh, diverse group in terms of geography, but it's also a diverse group in terms of knowledge and fields of uh, work, Uh, that they come from all the disciplines from science. So also this program is is very important to mention that uh, it's possible uh, thanks to the support from a competitive grant from the Interacademy Partnership and from our partners, the National University of Colombia, the Young Academy from Argentina, Science in Panama, OWSD uh, National Chapter from Colombia, uh, the Mexican Association for the Advancement of Sciences and UNESCO. So really it took a village uh, to come to this point point. Uh, and, and you will hear like how this was a process. So it was a collective process that stemmed from all these interactions with different partners and the challenges that all, all the fellows in the program socialized uh, from science in our continents. So I'll first start um, asking uh, everyone to introduce yourselves um, so we can know uh, where you're from, uh, what is your discipline and and then I will go around and talk a little bit more about the program and I mean about the policy brief so I can ask you uh, specific questions about this policy brief so we can know more about what you propose. All right. I,
4: I will start. Uh, My name is Maria Antonieta D'Assamilone. I come from Argentina. I have a PhD in chemistry. Currently, I am a staff researcher from CONICET. That is one of the main councils of science we have in, in Argentina. I work in a physical chemistry institute developing biosensors for diseases that are not the main research interest of uh, other places but are really important for uh, latin america such as dengue and chagas i'm also a professor from san martin university
1: thank you Anto, and thank you paulina for having us and inviting us to this podcast uh my name is john arboleda i am from colombia i am a biologist and a PhD uh, on Biomedical Science and also a Behavioral Scientist. I currently work on or I lead the scientific activity of an innovation team that is uh, aimed to propose uh, new roads or innovation pathways to promote the human flourishing and the sustainable development.
0: Uh, My name is Solange Paredes, I am a postdoctoral researcher at Universidad San Martin de Porres in Lima, Peru. I'm originally a biotechnological engineering, then I specialized in molecular medicine. And then for my PhD, I did immunotherapy focused on on cancer. And now as a postdoc, I'm working in a bit of gene therapy, cancer, uh, and cancer genetics. Uh, with a real enthusiasm to start immunotherapy here in Peru as well. Having been trained in the UK, I had the chance to see how uh, science, uh, society, public engagement and and science diplomacy was a reality. And that's why um, this brings me here today. And it will be a pleasure to talk about that uh, a little bit further.
5: Hi all, thank you so much, Paulina, for having me here. And thank you all for listening to us uh, and to our experience. I'm really excited to be here. I'm Melina Flores-Cuadros. I'm a doctor in veterinary medicine, PhD in entomology, and now I'm working at the US Naval Medical Research Unit Number 6 South, located in Peru. a little bit of everything about immunology and animal, st- and animal model development in, in, in tropical diseases.
3: Thanks everyone for introducing yourselves. Uh, so we can see um, we are uh, having people from different countries, different uh, places in Latin America and different disciplines as well. Uh, and they all can be in creating this policy brief as part of the science leadership program uh, so we are going to hear how the conceptualization of the policy brief, uh, was done in this group, uh, ab- applying the tools from the science leadership workshop, applying these collective, uh, leadership tools. And, and what, what, are the strategies that you are proposing that will create this change? Um, if we can start by knowing, um, what is the main uh, theme of the policy brief, uh, all these details, uh, from you.
1: Thank you, uh, Paulina. Yes. So after the introduction that that you did um, and uh, taking into account what you mentioned that we meet together in Leticia Amazonas, um, we discovered through uh, an innovation methodology of critical thinking and design thinking uh, what was the the main aim that we were going to develop during the next months in terms of uh, our public or policy briefs that we were going to develop. And the first one, uh, or at least the one in which I am uh, involved with my team, uh, which is uh, all the people that is here and also other uh, scientists from the from the region. Um, we are uh, aiming to propose a policy brief that uh, try to articulate science with uh, government, uh, society and also the uh, private uh, enterprises in order to make uh, the science more interactive and more um, applicable to society. And for this, we have um, several uh, strategies that we are proposing. Uh, The the first of that one is the dialogue uh, between the knowledge. uh, And this implies uh, that that we need to uh, promote effective communication and dissemination of science. This is especially uh, because, um, as scientists, sometimes we are um, very far from the language that the community and society uses to communicate and to appropriate a knowledge. So for social innovation, it's pretty important that we can bring the knowledge to the same language as the society uses. Uh, also, we are proposing uh, the dialogue uh, with communities, uh, and this is actually trying or aiming to make the knowledge more impactful uh, actually in this in the societies and in the communities and in the territories where we need to be effective, uh, the knowledge. And also we are proposing about um, education uh, with a, kind of like an interdisciplinary approach in which we want to um, kind of like engage uh, or promoting or proposing to engage several disciplines uh, in order to face a challenge that we have in, in the territories. Um, the other strategy that we are also proposing is the presence of scientists in the government. We believe that um, sometimes uh, the decision-maker uh, or the the, the Yes, the decision-making is not supported by by scientists, or at least by the knowledge that uh, is recently discovered. So we propose that um, this could be um, approached through uh, internships for researchers in government institutions, so they can identify uh, what are the communication barriers that uh, there are between scientists and also uh, the governments. But beyond that, also, how can we uh promote a faster decision in terms of uh critical situations uh that we will uh, face in the future the other uh, strategy that we have here in this first part of our policy brief is the formation and the promotion of uh, scientific diaspora networks uh in favor of scientific uh, diplomacy that's pretty much what we are um proposing in our uh, policy brief and i think that uh, um, my colleagues can uh, develop a little bit more in these um, topics.
4: So, uh, in order to address one of the of the main concerns that we expressed in, in this policy brief was regarding the connection within science and government, because in most of our countries, there is no. Perhaps the government has a consultant research or scientist consultant that they ask in order to have information, but there is no, not a good communication between both parts because scientists have a lot of knowledge, but they can express in terms that the politicians can understand in simple terms. So, uh, we see that uh, maybe scientists need to know how to communicate properly uh, this information. So we see that one strategy is, for instance, to have the scientists embed in the government, perhaps in internships, so they can, for a few months, understand how uh, policy is done, what uh, is entangled in all the, the decision making. So uh, this is a good experience that it's also being applied in other countries, for instance, in the USA. And um, The second part to this strategy is to start to incorporate scientists in the governance itself, because a good government also has a well balance between technical knowledge and management management knowledge. That perhaps this is part that the scientists don't doesn't have much uh, uh, information or we don't uh, we don't have a uh, teaching to uh, to know how to implement this uh, the knowledge and the management uh, simultaneously. So perhaps what the internship is done, the scientists can apply to have a permanent position so we can uh, establish long-term decisions in the government. And finally, also to communicate uh, my positions regarding certain subjects, scientific associations have a common voice to express uh, and perhaps also connect society and government are also required.
0: Indeed. Uh, Thank you very much for for that, Anto. So, so far we have seen that our strategies have come to uh, be three. So the first one was dialogue of knowledge, uh, then scientists and government. And the one that I'm going to develop is the diaspora networks. This is our third strategy that has two branches, so to speak. So we want to focus on the building and the promotion of scientific diaspora uh, that allows us to sort of locate and and map where the scientists of uh, our countries are, what they're doing, and how we can liaise, how we can collaborate and we can um, strengthen first our collaborations and then how we can work together in order to address uh, local problems. I mean, the problems from the country of origin. This will allow us to have a better understanding and uh, more resources to uh, address this, this problem. And this is basically a our way to ask, uh, as well, more involvement of uh, the government and to have a formal public policy to uh, promote science diplomacy. Uh, in Latin America, we already do science diplomacy, but we don't know that we're doing it because there are no, uh, there's no a formal uh, policy that can back it up, and and we would like to. Uh, put the attention on on that matter and, and make it happen. The other branch I was talking about is uh, the creation of mentoring programs. This will allow uh, that diaspora, the scientific diaspora that is, of course, uh, abroad, can maybe foster, can guide uh, students, undergrad students, or or even postgraduate students and allow them to be exposed to uh, different experiences, research experiences, that will inform them, that will uh, broaden as well their, uh, their knowledge. And with that knowledge, they can go back to their uh, country of foraging and make science better. You know, so uh, just to uh, emphasize, the potential that the diaspora network has, and how we have been sort of, not even using it, we we haven't been using it, which is uh, the the sad part, no? So we we want to uh, address this, this problem as well.
3: Thank you for uh, everyone for telling us how these strategies will work. And I think uh, to envision a real articulation of all these these sectors that convene in science and scientific endeavor, uh, it would be fantastic to articulate all these strategies. And there are already some isolated successes uh, and examples across Latin America. So if this could be taken as a roadmap, and for different countries in, in our region, uh, it will be much easier to implement. So we don't really have to reinvent everything and just focus on on the measures of success from other places and put them uh together as this uh policy brief slash roadmap uh works. Um so I would like to know uh what is next. So what are the next steps? And if we can have concrete examples of of how these strategies can be implemented.
5: Well, yes, yeah, thank you, Paulina. Yes, we have. Uh, for, we have been fortunate enough in Colombia to have uh, an example of all of these strategies working together um, through an organization that it's been created this year, actually, and I am leading with the. Team of of people, um, and through this organization, we have been able to um to create bridges between the minister of science and also representative of the for the Congress, and um, to talk about this and two main examples, like clear examples of this uh, on how the science and government can talk together. And we can, um, like to to find a, um, a, a common common ground, and and to find same or similar uh, aims. Um. So lately, like in March or no May in May last May, we uh, worked together with the representative of Congress for the diaspora the colombian diaspora uh, representative to the congress she is um, carmen ramirez she invited us to um a space to a uh, to a uh, um, play uh, a space uh, she called the uh science agreement where she invited uh, different ministers uh, and organizations science organizations uh like the national academy of science um also we were with together with the uh, organization for women in science for the developing con uh, developing world the owsd um and also um uh, these uh, stakeholders and so this was a place just to talk and, and to to share the thoughts of how science, how we can use and we can uh, place science in the uh, national agenda, and how science, how we can use science also to uh, find solutions to a big problems we have, to big problems we have. So that was that was great. Um, in last month. Uh, representative for the Congress, too. He, uh, her name, his name is Juan Carlos Rosada. He was proposing this bill for um, the experimentations to regulate the experimentation, the, the use of animals in experimentation, and so, uh, which is great. I mean, we we need to update uh, the regulation and to make it uh, more clear, maybe. And so uh, the the big issue is that uh, he didn't uh, he didn't talk to us before um, before writing and proposing this bill to the Congress. And so there was this huge um, issue with the scientific community and and the politicians about about this 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 bill. And we were able to lead um, to, to build this bridge and to lead this um, meeting with the scientific community and and their team, uh, the congressman team, and also as well, like he was there, uh, trying to to find this common common ground where we were able to communicate, and which is was which was great. I mean, not only to, to see how the politicians think and how scientists think about the same issue, the same topic uh, from two different um, uh, approaches. But yeah, I mean, scientists need to communicate better with, with politicians and also politicians need to learn uh, to uh, communicate to to Address us to invite us to ask with uh, uh, us and to listen to us to uh, lean onto us to um, write all these proposals. I mean, the scientific advisor uh, we can be great scientific advisors for for all these type of of bills. And so, well, finally the. The bill was retired, like, he um, just take it out of the, for the Congress, which, and and the idea is to rewrite it with the scientific community that it's like the uh, logical path for for writing and building all this. As team being the first cohort, all of us together, like not only the authors of this policy brief, Uh, Federico Vargas, Lina Becerra, Diana Betancourt, and and Liza Freire dos Santos uh, from Brazil, and not not only them, but also the other um, policy authors, policy brief authors, um, like all of us, are thinking how to keep going with this training and put it into action, all of the things we are learning. Through connections, through building a network or join a network already uh, created, um, like a Latin American organization or um, some sort of um, place we can use to build these bridges uh, with the government to uh, visibilize the uh, scientific diaspora and to. Uh, help them to communicate with the uh, government or through the like the Latin American diaspora. Um. So there are like the the future is bright for us, I think, and we are trying to find these paths, these and build these bridges between us. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Melina. I think it's fantastic to see um, how this began with a program. Uh, And and now there are good examples on how scientists can be really part of the conversation. There can be dialogues from all the sectors involved. And this can really contribute to the progress of science in the whole region. Um, To to have a network or a group of scientists that is cohesive and that has these ideas and that wants to keep making waves is so meaningful um, and, and to have a, a, a connection between all the different scientific diasporas from Latin America, it would be fantastic. I think we are um, usually all the uh, diaspora scientists, we are usually eager to contribute back to not just to our country, but to our region. Because we have, we have these commonalities and these uh, common challenges that can be solved in a similar and articulated way. Um, so I think this is a wonderful output. Thanks everyone for uh, sharing with us your ideas, how you created these strategies, how you saw the common challenges in Latin America and the examples and, and your future steps. So we look forward to keep hearing more about uh, your successes after the publication of this policy brief and the declaration of Leticia, um, that is uh, the big picture uh after um these policy briefs so thank you very much everyone
1: thank you very much for inviting us
5: thank you thank you so much
2: so as you've heard the lack sop stands as a testament to the transformative power of contextually grounded initiatives By empowering young researchers and nurturing their leadership potential, the LAC-SLP is igniting a new wave of science advocacy, ensuring a brighter future for Latin America and the Caribbean. Hopefully, the echoes of this transformative journey will resonate throughout the scientific community, fostering collaboration, inclusivity, and a profound commitment to making a lasting impact on society. Thank you again for joining us for Voices of Young Scientists, the podcast of the GYA. Until next time.